All right, we're going to do a Grind My Gears program today. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Just because... Hey, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Clay, I, I think Todd sounded pretty good. That whole recording there he did of, uh, of the show yesterday morning. Oh, yeah, I didn't get a chance. Mine, I don't know what happened at the end of that. It was on the iHeart link, though, I can tell you that. I checked my stuff. It wasn't wasn't on my stuff, so. Huh, okay. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. I forgot. I'm playing with my phone system. <laughs> I know there's a way I can balance you guys out through the phone, and I'm trying to figure that out. Oh. What do you mean balance? <laughs> like, uh, Jamie, you're a little bit quieter than Clay because you're on a cell phone. Okay. And uh, just you know, just driving and stuff. There's some background noise. Plus, you got those sperm-looking earbuds thing in your ears. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to boost you up here a little bit. And I'm trying to figure out. I've never played with it before, so I'm trying to figure it out. Sperm-looking? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> well, those those Apple iPods, those white things hanging out of your ear, it reminds me of the, yeah. the. There's something about Mary when the guy had that stuff hanging off his ear. <laughs> Yeah. Every time I see people with those in, come, that movie comes to mind every single time. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to remember that. I just call my sperm bud from now on. <laughs> I think I'm going to buy the Milwaukee ones I seen on the old Tiki Talk. Really? I think those. Okay, they, I'm a, I, I, you know, they're. I like, I like the looks of them. I like the little bit uh, better ear cups that they come with. I think they're. Hey, little, what do you mean, like? The rubber ones that go in your ears? Yeah, they fit, they kind of mold to your ears a little bit better. Keep... All right, I'm going to give you a grind my gears right now. I don't like those because when I wear those at work, then I can't hear people talk to me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I need... I'm saying I understand that. But, like, for what I do out here, I there's nobody else yeah. around. So <laughs> <laughs> You got me there. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, when I'm in the tractor or the semi or whatever like that, you know, I'm be a little easier for me to hear is that osha approved then yep they sure are <laughs> <laughs> by the way we're, when i'm home i'm uh broadcasting to our stuff too so okay that way uh if anyone wants they can see if they're i too. actually had a, a cop at a stoplight once i have my ear i looked over and he, and he was staring at me and he told me to roll my window down so i did and he goes you can't have earbuds in when you're driving and i said would you rather i <coughs> Talk on my phone, or would you rather me do it hands-free? Oh, I didn't know. I thought you were listening to music, and I said, no, nah, they're for talking. <laughs> That's not right. You can have earbuds in, can't you? It's not according to this guy. Hmm. Interesting. He, he thought I was, because he was just eyeballing me, and I kept looking over at him, and finally, like, roll your window down and gesture, you know? Maybe recognize you from your uh, media streams. I thought he was going to say, hey, Guns of the 701 kicks ass, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we back to GNT 701. We back to blue. Hey, my buddy Jay says, isn't that the purpose at work, to tune everybody else out? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> cool. Damn I right. I like the guys I work with. So. <laughs> he said, I need a set for a shoot side to drown out some of the owners. <laughs> He does all the uh, AIing and ultrasounding. So this, I don't know if it's just a certain people that I've talked to, but there's been some wrecks, like bad wrecks of uh, not good breed up. So and Jay's the the bearer of bad news when it comes to good stuff. Everybody loves them, and then otherwise, everybody's like, "Come on, man, stop calling oh. opens." Oh, yeah. a lot of opens up your way. Certain places, man, it's been bad here. Uh, the guy really? telling you you can't have your plugs in while you're driving is probably the same guy that has a mask on while riding by himself. Maybe <laughs> 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 I should have pulled my sleeve up and had a Band-Aid on there like uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend on the commercials. <laughs> what? I don't Travis know. Travis Kelsey is doing a commercial to give, go get your COVID shot. Oh, good grief. Yeah. All right, stations, countdown to 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock Central Time, a top of oh, the hour here coming up here in, uh, shortly here. Scott Bolton, good morning. Good to have you out of the South Dakota area. Appreciate that. 7 o'clock, straight up stations on Mark. Six minutes, gentlemen. 
or as they or as they say in the in the Congress, gentle women and gentlemen. <laughs> don't assume any gender, Scott. People, gentle. That's well, funny though because they don't want that in the uh, nation's capital. But yet, when they refer to each other with uh, kicking the Speaker of the House out, they were referring to that as gentlemen and gentlewomen. Wow, yeah, isn't that funny? Don't yeah. Don't we have one in the Senate now, though, because of uh, Gav Dog there in California gave us a tranny? I have no idea. I don't keep track of trans and divestites. Well, he appointed <laughs> a new senator after DiFi kicked the bucket. No, I have no idea. Wouldn't doubt he it. Knows he told me. I thought it was a tranny, and I think Clay said it's just somebody acting. Coming out of uh, San Francisco, I don't doubt anything like that. Well, I heard she's, a, well, not, I don't want to use the word I used on our show, but she's supposedly a lesbian. I don't know if she's a tranny, but she's definitely not with oh. us. <laughs> yeah. A heavy pro-gunner. <laughs> found, yeah. out, I found out I'm a lesbian. Uh, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> okay. Jay says, ultrasounding this year has been good, pretty much average. Getting ready to head to Joe VC's today. We'll see. Been a good run so far. Good. Good deal. Yeah, I'll be checking mine here probably in a couple weeks. Yeah, me too. Well, I, I'm going to wean first. I'll probably do my heifers. I'm going to wean yeah. first, and I'm going to ultrasound on a different day, Jay. Just so I know you're listening here, so I know you're the kind of – I know the dates are getting run in together. That's why I'm going to probably wait a little bit longer to ultrasound. But weaning, it's going to be a little earlier this year. <laughs> I'm bringing them home. I'm not going to risk any of these fog days and the snowstorms oh. like I did last year, and I'm going to get them back into my winter pasture and be done. Don't blame you there. Can you have last a pistol? Can you have a pistol grip on a shotgun for hunting? Yeah, yes, you I, can. I, I don't know why you can't. Yeah, when I hunted, that's what I had. Game warden looks at it kind of sideways, but it's legal. Yeah, <clears throat> get a bolt action. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. Make him really What's that, Clayton? Make him really look sideways then be like, what in the world? Full yeah. <laughs> action with a yeah. Bud Bud Lee with a with a pistol grip and a salt clip grip. <laughs> Assault grip. <laughs> I think uh, I think Todd Mitchell does that in the mornings. Assault grip. <laughs> I think he's working today. I don't know if he's working or or. Uh, yeah, he morning. is. He said he's yeah. going to be okay. okay. Yeah, he said that yesterday. He was going to be working this morning. Hi, Todd. Might have to dust off Dad's old Ted Williams shotgun. Uh, Ted Williams. I don't know what that is. Ted, I don't either. Ted Williams, a uh, World War II veteran, fighter pilot, and a baseball player, and I think he was an NRA member. Okay. Ah. Must have okay. had a shotgun named after him there at one time. Cool. I mean, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Whoever that sent you in there, you know, go ahead and verify that I'm right or wrong. So uh, yeah, Eric, no Eric out of Pierce, South Dakota. Uh, yep, talks a few days left in October, November open, but starting to book will make room for your pretty little heifers, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need help getting them in. I got some bull issues in that situation. Eric says, "I think it was a Winchester model." Okay, I think he but was a Sears a sports guy too, like J.C. Higgins. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I told you guys Wednesday I got the I had that JC Higgins pump from my grandpa. It's out of my mom and, and her husband's place along with my single shot. I borrowed my single shot before they had other guns and then they cocked the hammer and they called me and they're like, Hey, what do we do with this single shot? It's loaded. I said, Decock the hammer. What? How do you do that? I went out to the head in their closet with the hammer cocked yet. Nice. <laughs> So I had to show him how to decock, and I'm like, I don't know if you guys are or should have guns out here. <laughs> Mr. Mayor says uh, JD is correct about him, so you are a walking encyclopedia this morning here. Sixty, All right. minute twenty, minute fifteen to showtime. Minute fifteen. Thanks, Jamie. <clears throat> that's something we need to do, Jamie. We have to do a little yeah. history review on the on the Ted Williams. And you know, we've done yeah, that with some, some guns. 
That was one I didn't hey, even hey, know about. Gene, I can't. Was Ted Williams actually the NRA member? For some reason, I thought he was, but. Why don't Compromiser. You, you know, you guys need to have Mr. Cox on your show. We do. Absolutely. We actually talked about that. He's a great encyclopedia of lever actions, history. Gene, Gene has a lot of knowledge there. That's, that's for sure. We've known Gene a long time. <laughs> he says he doesn't know if he was an NRA member or not. All right. I'll look it he up. He said, but I'm if you pay him so. 250 bucks, you'll look it up. Uh, oh, wait. Wait, cut him a check out of the account. <laughs> stand by coming up here shortly 15 seconds going quiet stations Good morning and welcome to the Saturday edition of Dakota Prairie Outdoors. Good to have you along here on a beautiful Saturday morning in some areas, right? Uh, I mean, pronghorn antelope season opened up in North Dakota yesterday. So those guys are running around here. South Dakota has been open up a week already. But today is the opener of the North Dakota pheasant season. South Dakota starts next week. I don't know why. They should just have them all start on the same time, I think. It would be a lot easier for me to, and, and especially those that are crossing state lines, all right, and be able to have land on both sides. Welcome to the program on great radio stations like KGFX out of Pierce, South Dakota, K-O-L-Y, Mobridge, K-Fire, 550, the Bismarck Mandan, KCJB out of Minot, and also the Voice of the West, KLTC. I'm Scott Bachmeyer, Dakota Perry Outdoors, Saturday edition this morning. We're going to grind our gears. That's right. Haven't done one of these in a long time. And the guys from the Guns in the 701, Clay Peterson, Jamie Breck, good morning, gentleman and gentlewoman. Oh, good morning. <laughs> I'll let you guys know. That's how they refer to everybody on the federal side. In this. And we were just talking about that off air uh, before the radio listeners joined in is, you know, when you're watching some of this stuff in the uh, Congress, they, they call it gentlemen and gentlewoman, but then they don't want genders to be labeled. So I don't understand that. That's what, first off, grinds my gears this morning. That, that well, whole uh, politically correct uh, yeah. labeling, basically? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I assumed you were calling me gentlewoman because you were making fun of my earbuds before we came on live here. So. I was <laughs> making fun of your I was. So, Jamie, you're on your way up to the uh, farm here to do what? Are you going to hunt some pheasant? Um, I'm, I'm going to walk with my friends. I'm actually going to do some filming, videoing, whatever you want to call it. Filming. Nobody uses film anymore. I'm going to video some stuff, uh, for our channel and social media stuff. But yeah, one of our sponsors and, my, and a couple of my lifelong friends there, a blind guy in North Dakota, Wyatt and Tammy, and they're listening right now. They're on their way up too. But yeah, we're going to do a lot of pheasant hunting today. Should be fun. Um, seen a lot of pheasants up there, so... I'm looking forward to watching them guys limit out. Wyatt's got his new dog, Deuce. We're going to give him his first goal at pheasant hunting season. And like I said, it should be a great day. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. But yeah, I'm on the interstate right now. I'm about another five miles. I'm going to turn north here on Highway 49. Okay. So hopefully, I don't, hopefully I don't lose you guys. So, Jamie, if, if you do, that's fine here. But here's the thing. We have to explain to my audience uh, because they're like, you're taking a blind guy pheasant hunting. So the, the, <laughs> yeah. we have to explain this for those guys that don't understand. The blind guy sells window treatments like blinds, and yep. he calls himself the blind guy, <laughs> right? They got bra right. yeah, they got braille on their shotgun. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's uh, people out there going, really? They're taking a blind guy pheasant hunting? That's impressive. <laughs> double barrel, double barrel, side by side, twenty-eight gauge CZs is yeah. what they shoot. Yeah, pull both triggers so they can hit scatter, scatter that thing a little bit. You know? <laughs> so the question came yeah. ahead of time: Can you use a pistol grip on a shotgun while bird hunting? Yep, I used to do it all the time when I bird hunted. Absolutely. Well, now hold on, that doesn't mean it's legal. <laughs> well, I talked to the game warden. He was right there. He didn't. Yeah, he just looked at it funny and kind of looked at me, and then he didn't say anything. So. Okay. Uh, go ahead and use it. Maybe he's looking at your ear pods. <laughs> <laughs> Those weren't invented then. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so part of the grind your gears, you can text this in. If you're watching me on the YouTube live channel, you can mention things there. We got one. Uh, Mr. Mayor's got one for us. You can also text them to me at 701-425-6651. You can also call the live uh, 800 toll-free number. I should say 888-932-5682. That's 888-9-DAKOTA. And we can get after that here. So uh, Gene says, J.C. Higgins makes me cry. Sears killed a lot of F in rifles to make store brand deer rifles. Hmm. I didn't okay. Know yeah. So. Well, I had a Sears shotgun too. My uh, second one I ever had, 20 gauge pump. It was a Sears. I don't think the firing pin actually ended up going south on me. That was before I knew how to fix anything on shotguns, so I just bought a different one. Nice. Oh, it worked pretty good for me. My first shotgun was out of the coast to coast in Elgin, North Dakota, that I actually purchased. Uh, otherwise, I had to use a hand-me-down 410. <laughs> well, the 410 worked for you anyways compared to a higher higher gauge. It worked. You know, I mean, yeah, it was a single-shot 410. You had to take your time and, and aim for one bird. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. here's the problem I have with uh, my problem, my own personal problem with semi-auto shotguns or semi-auto rifles is sometimes you don't take that time to take that one good shot. You're always thinking about, I have more than one round. I'm going to pump out three shots here right away. <laughs> and then I miss everything, right? So now, you know, so the single shot kind of taught me patience, I think. That helped. I would agree with you. I, when, I, when I bird hunted, I mostly did use a single shot. Um, and when I did try semi-auto once, I used my, used my dad. Man, I ran through shells like, like, like they were for free. It was, I, I actually sucked with that thing. Some automatic rifles, for whatever reason, different for me, but some automatic shotguns, yeah, I'm definitely a spray and pray guy with that. <laughs> How about you, Clay? <laughs> what was your first shotgun? Oh, mine was, uh, well, we were talking about that uh, the other night. It's uh, come out of Montgomery Wards, uh, just a 12-gauge my grandpa had. That that's what I started out with. It was a 12-gauge you know, pump. And first one I bought, though, was a Winchester Model 120. That's the very first one I bought myself, and I used that for years. Uh, basically, I, I've always been using a, a pump shotgun. I'm pretty fast with it, I guess. That's what I always use when I even went trap shooting. Yeah, but you get I, you yeah, get that Spitfire model. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started the boys out though with single shots. Um, I thought I wanted them to get used to a single shot in a 410. That's what we did at first, and then I moved them up to a 12 gauge uh, eventually, and they do both do. Honestly, I was kind of pretty proud of them because they both, I think, can outshoot me anymore uh, with shotguns, which is, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Does anybody so, start their kids off with a 410 anymore? Is it, do they just start with a 20-gauge right away now? I think it's a 20-gauge semi-auto. Most, most of my friends who have um, kids that are uh, hunting it, most of them have 20-gauge semi-automatic. And so there, you brought up something, the semi-automatic versus you know, single shot or, or pump. Yeah. I always advocate to start kids anymore with a semi-auto. Now, you can control Really? Them. Really? Yep, I'll tell you why. After being out there and actually working with kids, and, and especially on shotguns when I was helping out with that, they don't get the recoil, so they don't get afraid of it. And, you know, a lot of a 20-gauge semi-auto really don't have much of a kick at all. But don't let them shoot, you know, a box of shells, you know, through it like that at nothing make them learn just as you would with a single shot and that's kind of what i suggest now i've, I've had a lot of good luck I, when I took my nephew out i did the same thing uh i had a 20 gauge semi by that time and yeah i let him have one shot at a time but he wasn't scared of it i noticed that he caught on real fast and took that fear away and plus he was a town kid so he'd never been around it um maybe the, maybe it's a different situation if you don't live from the city you know, come from the city but i really do recommend that i really do yeah I always thought single shot was a great way to start the, anybody up because, like I said before, it kind of teaches patience and accuracy a little mm -hmm. bit. But I, I never thought about the, the kick on yep. a, you know, because you're right, semi-autos don't kick very much at all. So. No, and you just you take that whole element of a kid getting afraid of a gun. And we actually started implementing them a lot in the youth programs uh, there at the end of my career with the NRA, which I thought was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Jim Elbers just mentioned, he says, I just bought, I bought my grandson a single shot 410. So, yes, they still make them. There's no doubt. Well, guys, 
we're going to come back here. We have our up against our first break. So you got five minutes to go grab some coffee and uh, enjoy the commercials of Dakota Prairie Outdoor Sponsors here. Uh, J, uh, <laughs> JD, as he's known now, I still call you Jamie, and Clayton Peterson, guys from the Guns in the 701, join me this morning on Dakota Prairie Outdoors. Grind your gears. Send me what you think is uh, grinding your gears this morning, and we'll cover them right here. Dakota Prairie Outdoors coming up after these messages. Pfeiffer's Auction and Realty would like to invite you to their next auction. Coming up on Tuesday, October 10th, is the Ed Williams Farm Retirement Auction out of Baker, Montana. On Wednesday, October 11th, multiple tracts of land in Botno County, Roulette County, Burke County, and Ward and McHenry Counties. Also a farmstead... in Glenburn, North Dakota. Coming up on October 18th and 19th, Pfeiffer's 18th Annual West Dakota Land Auction. For more information, go to Pfeiffer's.com. Dakota Community Bank and Trust Foundation Female Program awards recipients with an interest-free loan to purchase five bred heifers and assist area youth in establishing their own cattle herd. Applicants must be youth currently enrolled in 7th or 8th grade and at least 13 years of age and must reside within a 100-mile radius of any Dakota Community Bank and Trust branch. Deadline to apply is Friday, October 13th. Contact the branch near you. The Foundation Female Program, brought to you by Dakota Community Bank and Trust. MoPro Guide Service, the best on Lake Oahe. Brent and his staff will give you the most enjoyable fishing experience, always having the latest in electronics, gear, and the most comfortable Lund boat on the water. Fish with somebody who lives in Mobridge, South Dakota, the heart of Lake Oahe. If you need a place to stay, the Rest Motel has newly updated rooms with free internet, a family-owned and operated business. Go to oahewalleyes.com. That's O-A-H-E, walleyes.com, for the best fishing experience Lake Oahe has to offer. East Greets West, an annual fundraiser for the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame, scheduled for October 20th at the Valley City North Dakota Eagles Club. This fun event begins with a social at five, followed by a delicious dinner, and a very lively auction takes place following the night's keynote speaker, Jeff Gould, telling America's story. Uplifting, touching, and profound, it's a presentation that inspires listeners to consider the sacrifice and blessing of our nation's history. Tickets for this event available at NorthDakotaCowboy.org. East Greets West, October 20th at the Valley City Eagles Club. Rockin' 7W has all the panels you need. Freestanding panels, windbreak panels, feeder panels, and the original protester panel. If you don't know what that is, it's a sort panel that makes sorting calves from a cow a breeze. You can custom order sizes to fit your current operation, or you can start from scratch. Rockin' 7W also does trailer repair on any size trailers, mobile welding, and custom cattle hauling. Call Justin at Rockin' 7W at 701-206-1030. That's 701-206-1030. Rockin' 7 7W, the farmer and rancher's go-to guy. Pfeiffer's Auction and Realty would like to invite you to their next auction. Coming up on Tuesday, October 10th, is the Ed Williams Farm Retirement Auction out of Baker, Montana. On Wednesday, October 11th, multiple tracts of land in Botno County, Rolette County, Burke County, and Ward and McHenry Counties. Also a farmstead in Glenburn, North Dakota. Coming up on October 18th and 19th, Pfeiffer's 18th Annual West Dakota Land Auction. For more information, go to Pfeiffer's.com. Dakota Community Bank and Trust Foundation Female Program awards recipients with an interest-free loan to purchase five bred heifers and assist area youth in establishing their own cattle herd. Applicants must be youth currently enrolled in 7th or 8th grade and at least 13 years of age and must reside within a 100-mile radius of any Dakota Community Bank and Trust branch. Deadline to apply is Friday, October 13th. Contact the branch near you. The Foundation Female Program, brought to you by Dakota Community Bank and Trust. East Greets West, an annual fundraiser for the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame, scheduled for October 20th at the Valley City North Dakota Eagles Club. This fun event begins with a social at five, followed by a delicious dinner, and a very lively auction takes place following the night's keynote speaker, Jeff Gould, telling America's story. Uplifting, touching, and profound, it's a presentation that inspires listeners to consider the sacrifice and blessing of our nation's history. Tickets for this event available at NorthDakotaCowboy.org. East Greets West, October 20th at the Valley City Eagles Club. 
Western Frontier Insurance, agents that understand you, your needs, and the community. Whether you're looking for coverage on your farm, ranch, home, or auto, you can trust that Western Frontier Insurance will find you a combination of pricing coverage that works for you. No fancy jingles, no talking boxes or talking animals, just good neighbors helping to keep you covered with price in mind. Western Frontier Insurance, offices in Hazen, Washburn, Wilton, Bowman, and Hedinger. Welcome back, everybody. Dakota Prairie Outdoors uh, continues on the Saturday edition all across the fruited plains of the Dakota Territory. Got a little something in my throat there, Clay, J.D. Holy oh, cow. Man. Yeah, I wonder. You know, that happens. That ha that's how you know it's live radio. Everybody else records their programs and does it like, <laughs> all the place. Not here. Uh, it's live. It's one of the, and there's a reason people do it. I could see it. It would be nice to take a weekend off. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, hey, I thought, of some, I thought of a few things over the break there. Number one, uh, the guy who texted you about the 410, uh, send another message, and I'm curious what that single shot 410 cost you. And number two, people, the turkey guns, you can buy them anywhere at a gun shop, and they got pistol grips on them, so I'm, you know, they sell them for hunting for that. And, uh, well, but, oh. And number three, Clay, I got a question for you. Living on the border, Scott said the pheasant hunting season in South Dakota opens later. What if you shoot a pheasant on the North Dakota side and it falls over the border and lands in South Dakota? <laughs> you go to federal prison. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> funny you ask that. Because <laughs> I've actually asked the game wardens around here about that. They don't have a clear answer for that. It's they, a, they don't know what to say. And it's not like you're intentionally going over and hunting that tree roll. I got a caller on here. Let's go to Western Frontier Insurance. Jesse Flath, good morning. <laughs> you know what grinds my gears? No. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's Smooth tires and greasy trails. <laughs> so, a so a little bit of background now that he was helping haul hay. And uh, we have a very, very slimy, well, it, it wasn't slimy at the time, but you get like not even a sprinkle on this stuff and it turns into just grease. And I sat on top of the hill looking through this valley and I'm like, I had the semi and Jesse calls me and he's like, Scott, you better lock your, uh, lock your in. And I'm like, okay. So I lock my differentials in and I'm like, are you sure? Should we just wait here? And he's like, just put the hammer down. So I, and I'll tell you this, guys, I'll tell you this right now. This isn't a place where a semi needs to put a hammer down. It's pretty hard to get through this. And I made it through barely. And then I got to the other side and he calls me. He's like, did you make it? I'm like, yep. He's like, I'm going. So I sat outside and I was listening. And all I heard of his pickup is pretty soon. Rum, rum. Here comes a phone uh -oh. call. I didn't make it, he said. <laughs> yeah, street street tires on a pickup haul and a load of hay, so it didn't work well. That's usually how it goes when you say just screw it and put the hammer down. I'm most more often than not when I've done that, it ends up bad for me. So. <laughs> yeah. I still yeah. I still have mud on the top of my stacks on my semi for that thing, so <laughs> You probably had the advantage, actually, going through with a big load like that, Scott. I don't know. You probably got more traction, probably. I, I, I am not. Oh, a I was loaded. Trucker, so. yeah. I, I was loaded. I just had, uh, when I bought this pickup, it had brand new tires on it, but they were what I would call city tires, and I thought, well, I'll run them out. <laughs> and uh, when I was hauling hay with them on, that was just a bad decision. <laughs> you go in pheasant hunting with your kids, Jesse. What do you start your kids? And granted, your kids aren't the average size kids. No, all right. I mean, I was I was thinking of that listening to you guys. You know, I mean, I got a Karina turns eleven here in four days. No, she turns twelve in 12. four days. It's her golden birthday, by the way. Yep, it's her golden birthday. She turns twelve on the twelfth. She is uh, just shy of five ten and one hundred and sixty five pounds at twelve years old. <laughs> Dang, but, 
but I she's can't imagine why a twelve a twelve year old girl, you know. So yeah, I I, I didn't put her on a, a semi automatic twenty gauge that I borrowed from a buddy of mine. It was his youth gun when he grew up, and she was able to shoot it. The recoil wasn't the issue; just the weight of holding the gun up was was a struggle for her. She was able to hit three four clay pigeons. I think I threw about eight or nine of them for. Her. Uh, she liked it. Then that was last year. So we have not shot this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we get out. It's going to be a nice day today. I know they're going to the pumpkin patch today, but maybe tomorrow we'll try to get out. Uh, she really likes shooting. She shot her first youth deer last year with 22250. She'll, uh, she'll partake in another youth season. Uh, well, normal season now. We didn't go out for the youth season this year because of the weather, but... <clears throat> She is my hunter. My nine-year-old, she just, nah. Your nine-year-old is really interested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got my first call from the principal's office the other day, Clay. I thought of you. I was going to call you. Caitlin, uh, Caitlin got picked on a recess, and she stood up for herself and dropped the hammer on some boy. So. <laughs> Good for her. Outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if the principal was real impressed with me because I was laughing the whole time he was telling me about it, but whatever. <laughs> I'm impressed. That's great. I bet he won't pick on her again. I was not. It sounded like there were some pretty good tears involved, but <laughs> she stood her ground. She did a great job, yeah. I tell you that. <laughs> All right, boys, I'm working oh, on the concession oh, stand at a volleyball oh, game. So. Hold on, Jesse. One question. JD's got a question for okay. you. Oh, what, okay. what, what what kind of bullet do you use in that twenty two two fifty for the deer? The <laughs> uh, funny thing is, is I was going to. I was going to load her up some quote-unquote deer bullets, some, some lead-pointed uh, 55 grains. I did not have time, uh, so we just went with the old 55-grain VMAX varmint bullet, and she dumped that doe with one shot like she hit it with a semi. So, I don't know. The, 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 uh, all, of the, all of the discussion and the thoughts and, and all this stuff on different bullets and, and all that for, for deer, Anymore, I consider deer a light-skinned animal, even mule deer. Uh, yep. If you, hit, if you hit them and hit them right, it doesn't matter. Now, if we're talking yep. moose or elk or bear or something like that, all right, now we got to start making sure we have the right bullet, big enough gun. But when it comes to deer, especially with whitetails, whitetail bull, use whatever you have. It don't matter. Gene Coxie said, they're all deer bullets, guys. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right, Gene. Absolutely. All right, right, I got to work a concession stand in a volleyball tournament, boys. I'll listen to the rest of the show. Okay, thanks, Jesse. Appreciate the call. 888-932-5682. That's 888-9-DAKOTA. A few mentions here. Okay, we were talking about uh, taking game and if it falls on the wrong side of the border. I got a lot of requests. I got a lot of messages here. So Matt Herman says, The game warden told our hunter's ed classes that if a bird or a deer crosses the border, you cannot retrieve it. And then Brian says, if you retrieve it, you end up in jail with the hardened criminals like the mattress tag pullers and such. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Brian. Fellow MVE there. So I'll I'll give you a little insight on that. So, like I said, I've actually asked the game warden, and I've gotten conflicting answers. They they don't seem around here to really know what to tell you. But I, you know, one, I had one of them tell me that, well, probably you shouldn't cross the state border if it falls on the wrong side. And I go, okay. He said, but so then I'd be guilty of wanton waste, wouldn't I? And you should have seen the look on his face then. He was very puzzled. So I actually literally, if you, if you think about it, I literally could shoot one on the North Dakota side. And you know how deer are. If it isn't a complete heart shot, it might jump a few feet on the other side. I mean, my land goes right up to it. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I kind of look at it this way. What they don't know, don't hurt them. And no. just, move on with your day. <laughs> I'm going to throw this at you. So <clears throat> I think some of the rules, both North and South Dakota, they allow the game wardens to uh, kind of have their own opinion on things. Now, each person, like you and all three of us, have our own opinion on different things, mm-hmm. which I feel in some ways is good, in some ways might not be as good. But on a case like that, it's like you, you live right there. You tree row of your house. I mean, you can literally mm-hmm. shoot a pheasant and it can land on the on the south dakota border or vice versa yep. right so yep. i mean um i understand that and i think they do too I, I really do but to actually have a rule that's black and white i think they keep it gray for a reason and that's to let them have their own discretion about it 
And you know what grinds my gears is. about that, Scott? Uh, the great rules. I I see what you're saying, and I, I to a point I agree. But what chaps me about one of those rules is established trails. But you can call game and fish, and they won't even they won't even tell you what it is. Um, Don't start with trails and me in this country, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah. so I tell you what, okay. if I can see it, I said if I can see it from Google Earth, would you consider that a trail? Boy, yeah, absolutely right, not. Ahead. I hear no, no, no. I, we're up against the break. We're okay. We're gonna get into this, guys. <laughs> we want trails that are established now. We'll cover that coming up our way. This is, of course, all people's opinions here. You can chime in on this too. Eight 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 nine three two five six eight two. Back after these messages. <laughs> Pfeiffer's Auction and Realty would like to invite you to their next auction. Coming up on Tuesday, October 10th, is the Ed Williams Farm Retirement Auction out of Baker, Montana. On Wednesday, October 11th, multiple tracts of land in Botno County, Rolette County, Burke County, and Ward and McHenry Counties. Also a farmstead in Glenburn, North Dakota. Coming up on October 18th and 19th, Pfeiffer's 18th Annual West Dakota Land Auction. For more information, go to Pfeiffer's.com. Dakota Community Bank and Trust's Foundation Female Program awards recipients with an interest-free loan to purchase five bred heifers and assist area youth in establishing their own cattle herd. Applicants must be youth currently enrolled in 7th or 8th grade and at least 13 years of age and must reside within a 100-mile radius of any Dakota Community Bank and Trust branch. Deadline to apply is Friday, October 13th. Contact the branch near you. The Foundation Female Program, brought to you by Dakota Community Bank and Trust. MoPro Guide Service, the best on Lake Oahe. Brent and his staff will give you the most enjoyable fishing experience, always having the latest in electronics, gear, and the most comfortable Lund boat on the water. Fish with somebody who lives in Mobridge, South Dakota, the heart of Lake Oahe. If you need a place to stay, the Rest Motel has newly updated rooms with free internet, a family-owned and operated business. Go to oahewalleyes.com. That's O-A-H-E, walleyes.com, for the best fishing experience Lake Oahe has to offer. East Greets West, an annual fundraiser for the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame, scheduled for October 20th at the Valley City North Dakota Eagles Club. This fun event begins with a social at five, followed by a delicious dinner, and a very lively auction takes place following the night's keynote speaker, Jeff Gould, telling America's story. Uplifting, touching, and profound, it's a presentation that inspires listeners to consider the sacrifice and blessing of our nation's history. Tickets for this event available at NorthDakotaCowboy.org. East Greets West, October 20th at the Valley City Eagles Club. Rockin7W has all the panels you need. Freestanding panels, windbreak panels, feeder panels, and the original protester panel. If you don't know what that is, it's a sort panel that makes sorting calves from a cow a breeze. You can custom order sizes to fit your current operation, or you can start from scratch. Rockin7W also does trailer repair on any size trailers, mobile welding, and custom cattle hauling. Call Justin at Rockin7W at 701-206-1030. That's 701-206-1030. rockin 7 7W, the farmer and rancher's go-to guy. Pfeiffer's Auction and Realty would like to invite you to their next auction. Coming up on Tuesday, October 10th, is the Ed Williams Farm Retirement Auction out of Baker, Montana. On Wednesday, October 11th, multiple tracts of land in Botno County, Rolette County, Burke County, and Ward and McHenry Counties. Also a farmstead in Glenburn, North Dakota. Coming up on October 18th and 19th, Pfeiffer's 18th Annual West Dakota Land Auction. For more information, go to Pfeiffer's.com. Dakota Community Bank and Trust's Foundation Female Program awards recipients with an interest-free loan to purchase five bred heifers and assist area youth in establishing their own cattle herd. Applicants must be youth currently enrolled in 7th or 8th grade and at least 13 years of age and must reside within a 100-mile radius of any Dakota Community Bank and Trust branch. Deadline to apply is Friday, October 13th. Contact a branch near you. The Foundation Female Program, brought to you by Dakota Community Bank and Trust. East Greets West, an annual fundraiser for the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame, scheduled for October 20th at the Valley City North Dakota Eagles Club. This fun event begins with a social at five, followed by a delicious dinner, and a very lively auction takes place following the night's keynote speaker, Jeff Gould, telling America's story. Uplifting, touching, and profound, it's a presentation that inspires listeners to consider the sacrifice and blessing of our nation's history. Tickets for this event available at NorthDakotaCowboy.org. East Greets West, October 20th at the Valley City Eagles Club. 
Western Frontier Insurance, agents that understand you, your needs, and the community. Whether you're looking for coverage on your farm, ranch, home, or auto, you can trust that Western Frontier Insurance will find you a combination of pricing coverage that works for you. No fancy jingles, no talking boxes or talking animals, just good neighbors helping to keep you covered with price in mind. Western Frontier Insurance, offices in Hazen, Washburn, Wilton, Bowman, and Hedinger. Welcome back, everybody. Dakota Prairie Outdoors Saturday Edition continues all across the Dakota Territory and around the world on my live YouTube channel, Dakota Prairie Outdoors Radio. And a big thanks to Benny Paulson and his band Breaking 8 for giving me permission to use that music each and every Saturday here. And I was actually uh, finishing hauling. When I, I, I wanted to finish, but I still got a load and three bales left to go yet. And I was using his music to keep me uh, rolling down the road in the semi. Clay Peterson, Jamie Brecht, my guest from the guys from the guns in the 701. I got to go back here, Jamie, before we get an argument about trails. Uh, I got to go back here. Uh, so, I'm probably going to agree with you. Probably, but not many people will. But it's different if you if you live out in the here when you got a lot of forest service properties surrounding it out. First, we got to back it up a little bit. So Eric uh, out of uh, Pure Air, he says, I started Joseph, his kid, off shooting a 410 pump. Then he tried to keep it in his closet with his shells. He said, I was mad at him, and then I bought a safe to put all the guns in instead of the cabinet. But now it's one of his favorite memories of his uh, young kid. He lost his kid in a in an accident years ago, a couple years ago. So, And then uh, we got a uh, – you asked how much was that gun. Yeah, four ten. Uh, Jim says, I bought that for 10 at the gun shop in Miller, South Dakota, about four years ago for around 200 bucks. Okay, that's a little more than I thought, but I mean, everything costs more under the great Joe Biden economy. Well, so I don't think that I don't think the cost of the firearm that you're going to start your kid out should have. Uh, I think there's other things to think about. You know, yeah, like, no, like, I'm just I, saying, I, you know, I I thought a new one was like a hundred and. $110. Holy cow, how old you are there, Jamie? <laughs> when's the last time? <laughs> when's the last time you bought a shotgun? Man. Well, jingle showers when Kmart was still open. So. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Matt Herman, Matt Herman says, uh, after the warden leaves our class, we'll have an ethics discussion about utilizing the game we take and the difference between being legal and being ethical. <laughs> That'd be great. Great discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I updated. I don't know if you saw that, Scott. Wait, I updated. Just popped up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I looked it up on the Game and Fish website for North Dakota. All it says about... Uh, basically being legal as far as firearms, legal firearms and ammunition, game birds and waterfowl, only firearms no smaller than a 410 gauge and no larger than a 10 gauge loaded with shot capable of holding more than three shells. That's all it said, oh. so I would say pistol grips are good. All right, so we're going to go on to this before we get into the trails. What's your guys' take on having a plug-in or not three versus unlimited? That's not no such thing as unlimited. There's always going to be a limit. <laughs> But on certain things, you you can take your plug out, and certain things you got to have it in. And I I think it's a, I don't know what what's your take on that. I'm I don't know how I feel I about say, it. You know? I would say this: if you can't hit it with three shots, I don't care if you got a some shotguns take a drum mag. I don't care if you got a drum mag, and if you can't hit it, hit them in three, they're probably gone and out of your range. Anyway. No, hold so, on. To me, it doesn't really matter. Right? Okay, I <laughs> I get it when the limits. If the if the bird limit is three, let's say we're morning dove hunting and the limit's fifteen, or we're early Canada goose hunting and the limit is fifteen, why why can't you have more? If you have a whole bunch of Canadian geese or Canada geese coming in your way and there's a just I mean they're dropping on you, why shouldn't you be able to have more? I think you actually can. Can you do that in waterfall or not? I think you can. It's been so long since I've been up to Devil's Lake and shot, but I think you is it waterfall that you can have more than three. Well, I think on the front-fronted geese, where they're trying to really control that population, I think it's, and I don't know if it's the spring or the fall season, but 
then you can have an unplugged gun. Right. I, think I knew it, it was says. one of them. But but I mean, take Morning Dove for instance. Okay, fifteen. Why can't I have a an eight shot four ten or a twenty gauge or a twelve gauge for that matter? Uh, Scott, I'm with you. I've never believed in the in the plug option in my shotgun. It doesn't matter. I mean, I can tell you right now. I usually probably don't take more than, than three shots if I even if I miss the first two because they're too far out by then. I, right. I just don't understand yeah, the idea saying. other than I think it was probably a blanket rule, you know, like they always do, make a cookie cutter rule and no discretion whatsoever given to anybody uh, for public lands. I suppose you know I've seen some public land or you know taxpayer owned land where you get a lot of guys out there and yeah, it kind of sounds like a war zone depending on where it is and what they're hunting. And I suppose that's where that came about, but I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Matt says it unplugged for spring goose only. And Eric says, go. uh, the eight seventy about used this year was 400 bucks. And then he thinks that shouldn't need to have Dang. a plug for anything. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Damn if it's leaking. <laughs> well, here's the thing is why would they make it? If you can put more, if you, if you, if you truly believe that you can't hit, I mean, three's enough. Then just use a double barrel. There you go. Well, think of it this way, Scott. I told you I prefer bird hunting with a single shot, right? But I'm also a huge AR-15 guy. But you know, and <laughs> it, round count doesn't matter. I like as many rounds as you want. I'm with Eric. What does it matter? Yeah, you know <laughs> exactly. And okay. If I, if I my my deer rifle right got it right with me right here. It's not deer season, but I'm gonna shoot it this weekend. Got a ten round magazine. I have ten rounds in there. That doesn't mean I'm going to shoot 10 rounds of a deer. It usually takes one or two, you know, and by the time I get to 10, this sucker would be probably out of range anyway. So, yeah. you know, and everybody carries an extra box of, of shells with them or cartridges. So, I mean, what? why not just have in your magazine instead of having to carry your box around? So I have a, a Remington 270 I bought off a guy years ago. I used it mm -hmm. for, <clears throat> I bought like five boxes of uh, ammo for it because that's what I do when I buy a rifle. I'm going to buy ammo, right? Yeah. And uh, I have taken five deer with it, and I've shot five shots out of that whole thing the whole time. All right. <laughs> That's and now, pretty good. I, I, but don't get me wrong. I like sneaking up close. I mean, I, I like that. I, yep. I, I'm a spot and stalker kind of guy. Uh, so so it's, it wasn't like super long shots or anything like that. But now I'm sitting there with all this extra ammo because, uh, you know, I think it took three to sight it in and then, Five shots, I got eight out of the first box of 20 done. And now the ammo's just getting there dry rotted is at this time. But anyway, let's get on. Let's go. Jamie, tell me about trails. <laughs> before, I, before I get all huffy and puffy, you tell me your thing about trails. I'm just telling you what I was told by Game of Fish, because we have hunting shacks. And then I think I heard you talking about established trails on your show once. And I was like, I'm like, that's a thing on private property. I called Game and Fish, and she said, yeah. You can't, during deer season, you can't drive out to unless there's an established trail. And then cool. I asked the person at Game and Fish, and I'm like, uh, like, what's established? And she wouldn't give me a, a right answer. And I said, well, it's private property. Why would I, why would I park our side-by-side -side and then walk a mile out to our, on our private land on our, that's law. It kind of got hoppy mm -hmm. with me. And I'm like, well, I'm going to make sure this trail is established. And I, you know, and I call, I think it was when they were still on. Wednesdays on KFYR and the, and the guy on there, I don't remember what he, but I told him that about the, uh, seeing it from Google Earth. He's like, well, it sounds reasonable to me. And I'm like, well, reasonable in what you guys think is I need to know, you know? So that's, I got established trail in my mind. It's established. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so what, okay. What's your take on it? Right. I, private right. land, I don't even think you need a trail, in my opinion. I I'm agree. Sorry, private land is private. If they want to come on there and say you can't drive there, bully. I mean, I mean, I fancy you chase cows, you do everything you can. You got to go where you got to go. Okay. But if it's yeah. my, if I'm going to shoot a deer and it's like, wait, I mean, it's my land. If it's private property, uh, that deer's going to be gotten as soon as I can so that meat tastes as best as it can. I'm not, well, yeah. I'm not, it's not like I'm using my four wheel to go hunt the deer. It's to go to retrieve that thing. Right? They, and I think that's what they're thinking. Like you're going to drive up to them and shoot them, which again, if it's private property, I, I don't care if you do that, but I see what they're saying there. I, I, my, my beef with it was like, I'm going to park and walk on private property, a mile to a, a hunting shack that we built on private property. Not yeah. happening. Exactly. Not happening. Now, when it comes to 
Forest Service ground. I don't even call it public ground anymore because it's Forest Service. Public has no say in what we can or can't do on it. It's the Forest Service that has a say on it. Uh, okay, trails. Established trails. They're supposed to stay on established trails, but you take the one guy on the side-by-side -side that wants, instead of staying on the trail, he wants to just drive the edge of the canyons so he can look down in there without getting out of the side-by-side. The well, you make you make that little impression on the grass, and then the next twenty-eight people see that, and they start driving, and eventually, it becomes a, an established trail, which is not right. supposed to be that way. But that's how things are now. In some of this Forest Service property around us, there's trails everywhere. It looks it looks terrible, you know. And yeah. then you get people, especially if it's too wet or too dry or whatever. It's it's a scary situation, especially for fires. So, uh, but yeah, I, I that should be established trails on something like that. Then I mean, mark it and say stay on the trails or something. I agree with that. I I don't you know, I I don't well, like people who go ride side by sides in the mountains. Even people I know that are heavy heavy into their razors and whatnot, they don't like it when people go off the trails there. Yeah, you know, it gives them a bad name. Yep. Okay, so not far off on the trail thing. Clay, what's up? No. Yeah, but I'm right here, you know, I've got a couple of allotments that go with this place here that are, are the grasslands. And they had a sign up there, I don't know what happened to it, but it used to say wheeled motorized access restricted, which meant to the established trail within. The only trail in that particular piece, uh, two quarters, was one out to the water tank when I'd go out and check and drop salt and stuff like that. I don't know if that's still the rule, but I know there's no sign up there anymore. Is that similar to what you got up there with uh, with the Forest Service no, tax-funded land? No, they took all those signs away because they got uh, public pressure about, oh, we want to be able to drive out there. We want to be able to okay. enjoy it. We can't, you know, the, that's the biggest thing that I have an issue of. If you're going to come out here and hunt, and instead of cutting through my private property, that's private property, and they have no easements across it, and there's mm -hmm. no way that, Stop at the corner where there's already federal ground and walk, yep. yeah. you know, because access means things different than everybody. To me, access means I have access to enter it. And, uh, and if that's walking, I can still enter it. In some people's minds, it means I want to bring, bring my pickup and camper and my ATVs <laughs> out here and I should yeah. be able to go through your private property to get there. And some places yeah. they are and some places they're not allowed. But I think that's the, pro the problem is, uh, you know, what was it back, uh, 10, 15 years ago, the forest service is trying to do the, the road management update. They're trying to update these maps. Right. And, yeah. and, and it's been shut down by the public so many times. And the private owners are like, yeah, let's update these because even on our place, they're showing trails going into places where if you take that trail, you are going to fall off a hundred foot cliff. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's got eroded out and it's done. It's no longer there. And they had these trails from back in the, uh, I mean, 60s, 70s, 80s, and all that kind of stuff. They haven't been updated forever. And they do need yeah. to update that because there, even during the 80s, there were some land trades, some surface, uh, uh, oh, yeah. you know, they traded some stuff out. So now that's not Federal Forest Service anymore. And they didn't have the idea back then to get easements to allow access. And they didn't on a lot of it, especially south of the interstate. So, um, but anyway. I went, that's my thing. Wayne says, can you ride pedal mountain bikes off the trail <laughs> on forest cool. service I ground? I don't know that answer. I don't, I don't know either. because you see a lot of these, I would say it depends on the pedal bike because if it's like one of those, electric that, ones, like, yeah, like that, John has? that's a motorized, that's a motorized vehicle in my mind right if you have just a regular yeah. pedal bike i think you'd be all right eric says that my yeah. daughter used a single shot 410 on her first turkey and uh i'm telling you right now the 410s right now are winning it over your guys' <laughs> 20 gauges okay, okay. I'm, hey i started my boys <laughs> off with 410s but yeah you know you get back to the trail thing i see it all the time here on and you probably see it way worse than i do except i have better roads that probably go around ours because they're main roads but yeah, so many of these guys, they, I see them out there driving in, in tall grass, you know, when they shouldn't be. I mean, they, I know they can start a fire instantly. It's very frustrating. Or like I have a, I have one piece that's intermingled. There's a piece of uh, Indian land and then there's a piece of, of deeded land, which is ours. Of course, there's no fence across that because I've grazed the whole pasture. And then I'll put a sign up and I'll actually get told that, oh, you can't post this 
because on their damn onyx, guess what? It shows that whole entire piece is reservation land, and it's not. That's another issue we run into, same with the trails. So, guys, please check it out. That's all I can tell people. Check everything out before you hunt. Go see if the trail exists. See if it's private land. See if it's, you know, not. Make sure you're checking everything out before you hunt, but I know a lot of them don't. Well, and, and Onyx, and that's why I, I switched the base map. It seems like base map yep. usually has things updated a little bit better. Uh, not always, not always, but they can only update it when the county updates it. Absolutely, yes. You know, so, I, I got base map as well. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway. Ed's not there, by the way, anymore. Did you know that? Good, good. So he, uh, he quit. <laughs> I know he did. I know he told me what was going on there. All right, yeah. so oh, I'll give Go ahead. I'll I give you a quick temp- quick temperature update right here. Just just a little west of Zap, it's uh, twenty eight degrees right here. Zip to Zap. I was not old enough for that, <laughs> but I heard stories. All right, here's a hot button. Here we only got a few minutes left, guys. Here, hot button topic: uh, Can or should you be able to fish public water over private land? <laughs> that happened in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I look at it like this, Gene. Um, I know they pay taxes on that land. It's, and what he's talking about is when the water comes up and floods it, uh, should you be able to fish that? I don't know. I know the land's being paid on taxes. Should you be able to enter it from the private land that it's covering? No. No. Should you be able to fish over the top of it? Well, I don't know. I I just I have no clue what the answer is on that. Uh, how could they get public fishing or, or public pond without having access? Well, who would who designed that? Well, what right. they're talking about is you got those big areas, say, way east over there in South Dakota oh, by Wa Bay. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it, and then you got the high water marks in law, which is actually in, in South Dakota codified law, where you can enter through the high water mark wherever that may have been. So there's a lot of issues there that need to be clarified, and they still haven't fixed that issue, by the way, in no. South Dakota. Bottom line, cross over private land, you need permission. Bottom line. That's yeah. probably how it should be. Yes. Yeah. No matter what happens to the water, you know. I mean, does that mean, you know, you go to the high water mark? Okay. Does that mean if it dries out, does that landowner get to go extend his field that much further? No. No. It no what, if you take a, it, what if you take a drone and then hang your line and jig off it and go over the water and then jig with your drone? <laughs> hey, you guys laugh, but I guarantee somebody's going to press the issue on that. Eventually, we're going to hear a story about that. Well, I'd like to know northern grabs and yanks the drone under the water. Then, <laughs> when I always hear the word public waters, I'd like to know who gave the states the rights to just take control of water. I mean, they can pass a law and give themselves a right, but it's not their water. It never was their water. So that's one that's always talk about grind my gears <laughs> is when states and government what take is, control what, of something they had no right to. Yeah, so. yeah, is there. Brian says just for anyone that may know him, longtime local cowboy, teacher, and saddle maker Rex Cook. Passed away on Thursday at the age of 95. Still roping oh, and branding man. this past spring. Rex, uh, Godspeed hey. to you there. Thanks for letting us know about yeah. that, Brian. That was a good run right there. 95 years, and you're still out doing brandings and oh, working cattle. 95 is pretty awesome. Yeah. Lord, on, a, on, a, on a side note, um, much as I don't like giving Biden credit for anything, uh, the meat <laughs> puppet actually signed a bill that put back in funding for hunter safety and archery in schools that that was oh, taken good. out in the good the, the uh, bipartisan safer communities act clay but yeah i guess i'll thank <laughs> joe for that you know i think that <laughs> when i took hunter safety it was in school it was in our country school and now they don't allow anything near the schools i wish they would teach it you know it was required like all of our, all of the kids had to take it whether you hunted or not and i think yeah. it's a good idea because at least it, it teaches you Safety, like if you find a pistol on the playground, yeah. right, you know how to properly yep. handle it to take it to somebody. Well, I always right. say this, Scott. I was forced to take golf when I was in gym class, and I can't stand golf, so and I still <laughs> had to take it. And if you don't like guns or hunting, you should still take hunter safety. And it's actually a life skill, not something you go out and do and drink beer on the golf course. Okay, now you're invited next year to the Cowboy Hall of Fame golf tournament. <laughs> hey, take Sounds a, good, you're man. taking a Thursday off. Next uh, right. next September, I'll get you the dates here when they get it to you. Yeah, let's so do it. You'll find the good side let's of it, it here. But, guys, uh, <laughs> give us a little information. Clay, where can they find the guns in the 701 and all that good information before we got to leave here? 
Yeah, get our website, gunsinthe701.com. A lot of information there, all our past episodes as well. And, of course, we can hit us on Facebook, same name, and on YouTube. That's our two. That's our three main places that people find us, and uh, everything you need is right there at those places. 6 right. o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Central. Jamie, what are you hunting today? you got 10 seconds to tell us. You bet. Going out with my friends here, Charlotte, a couple miles from the farm, uh, hunting some pheasants, going to do some target shooting, and sounds like the beavers are back, so I'm going to be trying to put some holes in them. All right. Well, have fun with the blind guy. I hope you can hit something. <laughs> I'll let you know. Awesome videos up on our on our channel, so check it out. Sounds good. Clay and Jamie, Guns in the 71. Check them out if you want to on their website and social media. As for me, have yourself a great weekend. Eat some meat, drink some milk, wear wool and fur. That was what I had to add in from last week. Have a good one, everybody.